Welcome to the Valspar Championship Preview, where we break down Innisbrook Resort and Golf Club and the Copperhead Course with its famous snake pit on holes 16, 17, and 18. Both Shallow Cal and myself are keen on one of our favorite European tour players, as well as a young up-and-coming star on the PGA Tour. We look to snap a bit of a cold streak for the podcast since a Max Homa win at the Farmers, but plenty of opportunity with the big three not present this week. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. Enjoy. Greetings, golf fans, and welcome to Playing the Tips podcast. This is episode 73, the Valspar Championship preview and tip show, and one more week on the beautiful grind. Coming to you from the Motor City, I am Sports Guy Ty. You can find me on Twitter at Sports Guy Ty. And from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Shallow Cal. Find him on the Twitters at Shallow Cal Golf. What are you drinking tonight, my friend? Uh, you know, I don't have anything tonight. Um, we're a little bit earlier than usual, um, recording this kids are still wide awake and, uh, daylight savings time just kicked in. So, uh, it was a little too early to, to start cracking and throwing back the brewskis. So if the conversation drops at any point and I got to carry it, you know, it's because shallow Cal had to run off and refill the ice cream bowls or push play on another movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm actually dealing with a similar issue. Thankfully, uh, my wife is taking care of putting down the little one and her parents are actually in town. So they're helping out as well. But daylight savings time has not been kind to us on this end of it, uh, but a lot better in the mornings because we have a very early riser on our hands normally. And uh, this morning was much better. <laughs> Let's just make it go away. I'm ready. I think most yeah. of America is. Yeah, same. One time zone. Let's just let's just figure it out. Yep. All right, well, I'm drinking uh, Samuel Adams Cold IPA, billed as crisp and hoppy, and it is that, I will say, quite crisp, quite hoppy, uh, the last of my, what I'll call seasonal beers that were kicking around the fridge. Sounds delicious, actually, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good one. All right, uh, before we jump into the Valspar, uh, quick players post-mortem, any <clears throat> winners for you? Uh, no, nothing for me. Skunked it. Yeah, me too, man. We're on a little bit of a cold stretch here. Uh, Jason Day was really the only thing, the only one who even threatened anything for me. And well, see, Wu could have, but uh, he decided that he was going to eject early on Sunday, so that was good. Well, you know, just doing Siwu things. Nothing we hadn't seen before. Yeah, <laughs> and predicted right here on last week's show. Absolutely, absolutely. How could he not at those numbers? Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough of players talk because that's really all there is to talk about on either uh, either one of our cards from last week. Uh, by way of an agenda, we will do a tournament preview and course overview as we do each and every week. Throw some stats to consider at you, some trends, take a look at the weather, and then we'll get into tips, picks, and best bets for the Valspar Championship. But first, Shallow Cal, what do we need from the people? What do all we right, need? And we're going to. Uh, no, no. What do, you, what do we need from you guys? Uh, hit that like button. Give us a follow on Twitter at Playing the Tips Pod. Uh, subscribe. 
for the Playing the Tips podcast. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to download that episode, leave us a review, and again, thanks to all of you for tuning in every single week. Hopefully, we will turn this little bit of a cold streak around quickly. Thought we had our first uh, call down to the kids' bedroom there. No, I uh, I looked away for a second to make sure everything was good and just had to hustle on back to the computer real quick. <laughs> a man who can multitask. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get rather have it happen now than, uh, you know, 20 minutes in. Yeah, absolutely. You're doing good work over there. All right. Let's jump into a little bit of a tournament preview for the Valspar Championship. We got a tough one this week. Uh, We're down at Innisbrook Resort and Golf Club, uh, Copperhead course, just outside of Tampa in the Palm Harbor region of Florida. Uh, Home of the famous Snake Pit, which we'll get into a little bit more as we break down uh, the course overview and vitals. Third year now since the move back to mid-March for this tournament, it uh, basically swapped places with the players initially and was pushed back to May, but after some additional juggling of the schedule, uh, did land back in March uh, for each of the now last, for each of the two previous and now three current versions of Valspar. More like a classic Carolinas course, if you will. This is a tough positional tree-lined Parklands course, very undulating. Not as much reminiscent of a typical Florida golf course that we've seen here the last couple weeks, either over at API, uh, at Bay Hill, or um, PGA National. Lots of dog legs, uh, distance off the tee in a lot of ways minimized here. By way of past winners, uh, back-to-back for Sam Burns in 2022 and 2021, both at 17-under. No tournament in 2020 because of COVID. Uh, before that, another back-to-back winner, Paul Casey, in 2019 at eight under, and then before that at 10 under in 2018. Adam Hadwin in 2017 was 14 under. Charles Schwartzel in 2016 only got it to seven under to win, and Jordan Spieth in 2015 at minus 10. In terms of multiple winners here, uh, you got a handful, as mentioned, Sam Burns, Paul Casey, also KJ Choi, and Retief. Goosen, so a Korean and a South African thrown in there for good measure with the double up wins. No, oh, Tom must be Tom Kim Week. Oh, Tom Kim Week, where is he? <laughs> Not here for Tom Kim Week. Shocking. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> All right, Shallow Cal, hit us with some course vitals. Um, yeah, this uh, this is like you said, another tough technical track, third week in a row. Um. You know, and, and each of them kind of presents their own challenge. Um, so this one designed uh, by Larry Packard in 1971, uh, restored in 2015. Uh, par 71, shade over 7,300 yards. Definitely a more unique layout as you don't see that many par 71s with a very uh, untraditional five par threes, four par five setup. Um, like you said, tight tree-lined fairways, some of the hardest to hit on tour on a yearly basis below, well below average in driving accuracy, well below tour average in driving distance. Um, you combine that with the fact that you'll be faced with plenty of dog legs means, uh, you know, accuracy off the tee, uh, will be crucial. And a lot of the times you'll be hitting less uh, than driver, uh, Florida, so you do have water again, nine holes in play this week. Uh, shocking. 
Uh, not quite TPC Sawgrass, but there is definitely some places you can find yourself in trouble. Uh, Celebration Bermuda overseeded with ryegrass that's been grown out quite a bit more this week than in years past to over three and a half inches, closer to three and three quarters. So bound to get some dicey lies in there if you keep uh, if you keep missing fairways, and that is going to make it hard to hit these greens. Uh, which are on the smaller side this week, averaging around 5,800 square feet. Uh, you'll be seeing the Tiff Eagle Bermuda overseeded with POA. So uh, a little bit similar to, to last week. Um, you know, these these greens are pretty, pretty, roll pretty true, um, but they are fast. And, uh, you know, it really has shown in the past that players most comfortable on this surface Really, uh, really tend to take advantage of it, like uh, like Sam Burns um, did last year, uh, Davis Riley uh, as well last year until he didn't. Um, but uh, if, if you know if it stays dry and we don't get much weather, we're going to be uh, running above 12 on the stem, right at 12 on the stem. So watch out for that. Uh, like you said, man, the uh, the Snake Pit 16, 17, and 18. Um, 464 yard par four, followed by real long par three. And then, uh, the Copperhead, um, which is another brutal closing, uh, par four, but, uh, 16, uh, moccasin is, uh, typically one of the hardest holes on tour. Uh, one of those holes that you can find yourself in water or you can find yourselves in the trees. Some comp courses this week, Colonial Harbortown, uh, TPC of South uh, Southwind, Highlands, Sawgrass and Twin Cities, uh, Sedgefield, and uh, CC of Jackson, one of your favorites, I'm sure, Ty. Yeah, very similar uh, green composition there. A little different time of year for both tournaments. So as you mentioned, we still have a bunch of the overseed of uh, that POA in the greens, <clears throat> being that it is still March in Florida. But yeah, pretty, pretty similar, uh, pretty similar formed greens to the Sanderson Farms Championship down in Jackson. You ever play that uh, that course? No, I haven't. You know, I've played uh, Annandale a couple times, which is uh, annually one of the top two or three best courses in Mississippi, and I believe hosted the ter- the um, what became the Sanderson Farms Championship for a year or two because uh, it did move around a little bit down there. Now that I'm saying that out loud, I'm not sure if it actually ever did host it. It has hosted a um, U.S. Women's Amateur, but no, a uh, long way to say I have not played uh, Country Club of Jackson. Any, 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 uh, I, I, have you, have you played Copperhead? I mean, that's probably pretty far out there, but I know you spend some time in Florida every now and then. Yeah, I got family down there. I got uh, some boots on the ground, some eyes on the ground, which I'll get into in the weather report this week. Uh, but no, never have played uh, Copperhead. My brother and brother-in-law have been to the tournament the last couple of years to, as spectators, but uh, neither one of them have actually played either. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So aptly named in the snake pit, uh, hole 16, moccasin, 17 is rattler, 18 is copperhead. As you mentioned, a very challenging uh, finishing set of holes there. All these par threes, really, uh, some of the most difficult on tour. Um, No real advantage to be gained on the par threes here. Just make your par and get out for the most part. Um, All right, how about stats to consider? Anything that jumps out at you? 
Um, yeah. Uh, strokes gained approach always here, right? Um, got to be. Got it's got to be. It's got to be good for uh, if you're gonna win this week. I remember uh, Burns wasn't even necessarily like crazy close, but he was just pounding greens in regulation or you know knocking down knocking down some pretty pretty distance putts it wasn't like he was just you know within three feet every time um good drives gained par five scoring uh and then course and comp course history okay so you like a little experience around copperhead and yeah yeah i definitely like a little experience around copperhead and uh definitely like to see them go well at some of these uh similar setups um i'm with you there i've got I've got a couple in particular that stick out to me. Any comp courses over the others that you're leaning into more so this week? Um, I, I guess Colonial um, would be one if I had to pick one over the others. Yep. I like Colonial uh, a lot. Definitely windy uh, out in Texas there, so you get a lot of the, the similar crosswinds here. Yeah, little little more undulation um, as well, kind of – you know, it's not just uh, Florida wetlands. Mm-hmm. So I, I like TPC River Highlands and actually Riviera as two of my strongest comp yeah. courses. Uh, discovered a little bit of a, a tie into both during my research. Um, we'll get into that more so in the trends, but I think particularly TPC River Highlands can be a pretty good guide when we're looking to who's going to go well at Copperhead this week. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'll stick with you on strokes gained approach. Um, strong, strong emphasis there. Again, all the dog legs that you have, the forced layups. This is not a Pete Dye course, but it does share some of those same qualities. Uh, similar course makeup as TPC from a week ago, as you mentioned. Not as much water, but certainly an ever-present hazard. Uh, mm-hmm. Shorter strategic hitters can thrive here, much like at the Players' Championship. Um, I'll go strokes gain T to green as well um, has proven to be a stat that's been very important to winners over the years. Again, got to be good throughout the bag. This is a shot shapers golf course. Um, so you need a little creativity both off the tee and then once you're moving it uh, towards those greens from the fairway. So want to be able, again, to have guys that can move the ball both ways. Um, got some forced layups, tight, tight tree lined fairways. So really is going to test not only that creativity, but a lot of the execution throughout the bag. And then I'll finish with strokes gain putting. Uh, these are typically hard, fast greens, uh, tricky greens as well, several, including Copperhead, that closing par four and last in the snake pit, um, actually slope back to front. Um, so don't see that every single week uh, in abundance on the PGA Tour. So something to be said for it. Do tend to see guys who are either strong putters or those who catch a very hot flat stick uh, go well during this week annually. All right. As I mentioned, uh, I've got some eyes on the ground in terms of weather, so I got a little bit of local knowledge. Anything that you've looked at, uh, Shallow Cal, in terms of weather this week um, leading into and then throughout the tournament? I have just seen that it's going to be windy. I haven't seen any um, any updated uh, precipitation or wind reports. I, I did yesterday uh, see a little bit that uh, – they called for some wind for the week, so we shall see how hard it blows. Yeah, you're always going to have wind down here. Again, um, not all that far off the Gulf. Um, 
particularly so this week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you're going to see sustained winds in kind of that 15 to 20 mile an hour range with gusts up to 25 and even 30 miles an hour um, Saturday and as we get into Sunday. So definitely going to have to contend with some Florida wind here. Um, from my people on the ground, this has been the driest February the greater Tampa Bay Palm Harbor area has had since 2000. Um, almost no rain. They got just a tiny little bit this last Friday and then actually also today, um, but otherwise almost nothing um, for the whole month of February leading into March. So these greens are going to be rock hard, um, if I'm guessing. They're going to be every bit of 12, maybe even 12 and a half on that stint meter, playing a lot like concrete. Um, they have done a good job, as, as you mentioned, growing up that rough despite of the lack of rain. Um, so something to contend with there. But uh, not much in the way of precipitation this week as well, so we shouldn't have to deal with any delays, but certainly the fact that uh, the Florida, the Tampa Bay region of Florida has been as dry as it has the last six weeks or so um, will factor in primarily on and around these greens. Uh, wind finder is Palm Hopefully you Harbor. get a nice hour more of sunshine and uh, everybody gets finished up because it's been a long run of tournaments with Saturday cuts. Man, and I tell you what, that's tough on a lot of people. That's tough on the golfers, obviously. Some guys playing as many as like, I want to say 24, 25, 26, 7 holes on Saturday at the players. Um, but tough on those of us that play season-long fantasy as well, because you're typically having to juggle uh, lineups within about a 30-minute to an hour window when that overlap happens. And uh, easy to miss a guy who's missed a cut or not have a chance to get back and, and change out somebody in those lineups. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, well, let's get into some tips, picks, and best bets for the Valspar Championship. Uh, before we do that, let me throw a few of those trends at you that I mentioned. Um, got deep into both some comp course and then um, uh, form entering the tournament from the previous winners. So a couple key ones that I picked out here, nine of the previous 10 winners at uh, Copperhead had a top five in one of their previous 10 starts, either on tour or on the European tour. Lone exception to that stat is Kevin Streelman. All 10 of the past 10 winners had a top 10 in one of their previous 10 starts. I mentioned the comp courses, uh, TPC River Highlands, Riviera. TPC River Highlands, much like Copperhead, really forces you to move the ball both ways, again, off the tee and then attacking from the fairway. Uh, Got to have some creative shot shapers out there. Riviera uh, for the undulation uh, and, and uh, the green complexes as well. So eight of ten, eight of the last ten winners here at Copperhead have a top five at some point at either TPC River Highlands or Riviera. Many of them have both. Uh, nine of ten winners have a top ten at one of those two courses. Uh, the lone exception being John Senden, who was a bit of a wild card winner anyway. So I think we can. Pretty comfortably throw that one out as an outlier in our trends. So I will uh, reference these throughout my tips and picks. Uh, again, something that I tend to look at um, both, you know, course history, um, current form, and then any any tips, uh, any trends that I'm able to pick out, like those comp courses this week and guys who have gone well, kind of with the overlap at, at both places in here at Copperhead. All right, Shallow Cow, all that's left to do is throw a couple names out there, make a few picks. You ready to jump into it? Let's do it. All right, well, I'm going to start off the card because I'm the shortest this week, but I'm not at the top of the leader or at the top of the odds boards like I was last week with Justin Thomas. Not too, too much farther down, though. 
I'm starting my card. Uh, two points, win only on Keegan Bradley, 25-1. to one. You, Shallow Cal, know all about the Keegan roller coaster. Yes, I, uh, I was on it the last two weeks. <laughs> and I believe, uh, if I recall from our text message chain, uh, you said that if you don't get off this ride soon, you're going to puke. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, man. <laughs> Uh, this is like, uh, you know, you're at Cedar Point and you're like, guys, I just need a minute. I can't, uh, I can't get on the, uh, the Millennium Force next. I need, I need to take this, sit this one out. Boy, oh boy, man, that it is, that is some frustrating shit right there. Well, give me a ticket this week. I'll take your place in line while you take a little breather on Keegan. Sounds good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to look out for you. It truly has been a roller coaster. Um, he's got three top 20s in calendar year 2023, two top 10s, and a best of second at the Farmers. But he's also got three missed cuts. Um, his progressive form, alternating missed cuts the last four, actually not bad. Uh, 20th missed cut, 10th missed cut. So if we're having our previous finish coming off a missed cut, could be looking at a top five from Keegan Bradley this week, which does me no good on the win-only ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, doesn't that trend, uh, you know, go towards exactly finishing fifth? Yep, and that does not benefit me in the slightest with uh, with the two points win-only. But I think if Keegan Bradley is going to threaten, he's going to be kind of hovering near the top five, ten places of that leaderboard on the weekend. This is a place he can take advantage of and give it a real go at winning, taking one down. Um, as mentioned, that recent performance uh, has kind of been all over the place, but the strokes gained form hasn't been all bad. Last five tournaments, he's gaining across all of the major uh, tee to green, off the tee, approach around the green, and and putting, gaining 1.3 strokes putting. Keegan Bradley is his last five. Um, he's That's actually fools you exactly. <laughs> As I was just about to say, he's gained strokes putting in three of the last five tournaments, um, but those other ones where he's not gaining strokes, it's not pretty. Um, plays a pretty high ball flight, uh, one of the, one of several players on tour who kind of has that high apex, uh, which I think plays pretty well in these tough greens. Again, they're going to be rock solid, um, so being able to put the ball up high and kind of land it soft um <clears throat> gonna play to the strength of a guy like keegan bradley really good at the comp courses that i mentioned genesis and travelers uh nine of 13 cuts at riviera four top 20s there a couple of top fives and he was second all the way back in 2012 uh at the travelers made the cut 10 to 12 times he's got two top tens also a best of second there more recently in 2019 so he does check a lot of those uh trends that i mentioned um income form he's got the top five he was second back at farmers a couple weeks ago and then as i mentioned got uh, the two second place or a couple of second place finishes both at river highlands and at riviera also Second here to Sam Burns uh, in 2021, so got a little bit of Valspar history as well. Keegan Bradley. All right, Shallow Cal, uh, you and I are dancing all over the 35 range. Got an opportunity upcoming for a um, team win, which we are still looking to get off the schneid in 2023 and hit one of those team wins. But let's start first uh, with your other 35-1, to 1, Davis Riley. Uh... He is a uh, course horse this week, I would say. Um, 
second here, second and uh, Colonial as well. So good comp course history. Uh, Could have won, should have won maybe, you know, uh, should have won both. Who knows? Um, his keys to success uh, here when he was competing was driving the ball really, really well. Strokes gained, uh, you know, Tita Green was, was phenomenal for him. Uh, and he just putted the lights out. Just absolutely putted the lights out. Um, and was really coming into his own last year, making himself uh, well-known as a ball striker. Um, lost a little bit of form, fell out of form a little bit. Uh, this familiar course hopefully will bring back uh, a run of good form here, and he can take it down this week. Uh, Davis Riley, 35-1. to 1. I like it. Um, looked at Davis Riley hard as well. Good ball striker, of course, um, <clears throat> and certainly has the experience dueling with Sam Burns in the playoff last year. Um, let me jump in on a 35 to one as well, and then we'll take it to the opportunity for the team win. I'm going one and a half points each way on Brian Harmon, 35 to one. Um, only out to five places on the each way, but I am at a quarter um, of the outright odds on Mr. Harmon this week. Fifth last year at the Valspar, um, incoming form in terms of strokes gained, uh, looks promising. He snapped a streak of four straight tournaments, losing strokes, tee to green at the players. So I like that he got that particular piece turned around last week. Uh, Putting, which has been his calling card for his entire career, also rebounded to positive at uh, Pontevedra after two straight performances, losing strokes. Again, very atypical of his game. Um, alarmingly has now lost strokes on approach in seven straight tournaments. Um, I'm a little worried about that, but it's never truly been his strong suit. He is a career negative strokes gained approach guy. He does save himself a lot of times uh, with that putter. So has shown that he's been able to perform here again without necessarily those long irons firing. Good at comp course history as well. Uh, third at the Genesis in 2014. Um, at the Travelers, he's got five top tens and a couple top fives. Second in this field, strokes gain total all time at TPC River Highlands. And I really, as mentioned, do believe that it is a strong correlation and a course that we can look to um, for some serious pointers on how it's going to go at Copperhead. Uh, very good wind player. He is a Sea Island resident, so he's no stranger uh, to those Atlantic uh, winds over on that side of the state. Um Hits those trends. Again, incoming form. He's got a pair of top fives his last 10. Both did come back in the fall, but he was second at Mayakoba and then T2 at the RSM at Sea Island. Um, got the couple top fives at River Highlands, third at Riviera. So I really like what I see with Brian Harmon in the total picture coming in. All right, Shallow Cal. Uh, I think you said it pretty aptly. We've had a couple opportunities really every week since the start of the new year uh, to get a team win. We haven't done it yet. We've got two more potential overlaps this week. And if they don't hit, we're going to have to text each other and coordinate a little better here and make sure that we don't pick the same players next week. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Justin, Justin, uh, just playing incredible G lately, man. um, As you like to say, Incredible G. Uh, missed the cut. Good G out there. Missed the cut in his first three events this season. And then he hasn't had a missed cut since then. Uh, he's got a couple of top tens. Um, he was fifth at Honda. Um, and then sixth last week, right, at the players? Sure so, was. Um, 
you know, his putter has really been uh, has been great, it, uh, accompanied by you know just just some good play around the green. Um, we don't have Scotty Scheffler or John Rahm. Um, you know, Thank a lot God. of you know Max Holm was not here this week. This is this is time for um, we can we can get a 35 to one hit here. I think I think we're ready. I think we're ready for a mid numbers hit this week. And uh, I, I got him at 35 to one. Um, I think you got him a little bit better than that, though. Yep, I am a bit longer on Mr. Su. Um, I am at one point each way at 40 to one. Um, and I do actually have out to six places on this one, but only at one fifth the outright odds. Um, as you mentioned, recent form has been damn good. Uh, four top 25s already in 2023, two top 10s, and then that top five you mentioned at Honda. Um, in terms of strokes gained numbers, he was really good at the players last week. I know he finished sixth, and so, you know, no surprise, but he gained across all five major strokes gained categories, led by plus seven strokes T to green and plus 4.9 strokes around the green. So I like to see both of those numbers coming into Innisbrook. Um, he's also gained strokes putting five of his last six tournaments. As you mentioned, that flat stick is starting to heat up. This is a good field and a good tournament for a player looking for that breakthrough. Um, I know he's young. This is just his first full season on the PGA Tour, but the talent is certainly there. Um, 20, I think a, 25. 25. I mean, 25. To, I think I read that. I think I read that online today. Yeah. Because I was I was I, you know. He he looks young too. Like you know, watching him, I was like, ah man, how old is he? He's twenty five, so he's pretty young. He's pretty young, but but boatloads of talent. Wouldn't be surprising at all if he kicked down the door here in this rookie season and got a win. Um, won the Corn Ferry Tour Finals in September over Austin Eckrode to gain his PGA Tour card. It's actually also what got him into both the Players' Championship and then upcoming the U.S. Open as well. Uh, first year that change was made where the winner of Corn Ferry Tour Finals is exempt into both. Corn Ferry Tour Player of the Year won the season-long uh, points championship without a win other than, of course, Tour Finals. Um, so I am on Justin Suh with you at 40-1. to 1. Um, all right, let me stick on my card because I got one more 40 before we turn it back to you. Uh, Wyndham Clark, oh, Windy C, uh, been a popular play on both of our cards. <laughs> that guy fucking sucks. Um, popular play on both of our cards already a couple times this year. Very popular, trendy pick in the golf Twitter community this week as well. But I see a lot to like on Wyndham Clark. I'm on him one point each way at 40 to 1. Last five tournaments, uh, gaining strokes in four of the five major strokes gain categories, but not putting, which, again, uh, like Brian Harmon, is certainly Wyndham Clark's calling card. Um, encouragingly, though, he gained strokes putting the last two weeks on Florida courses at API and Players. He's typically more of a POA positive guy, uh, being raised in Denver and then played in his college golf out at Oregon. But to see him putt well um, on this Florida Bermuda the last couple of weeks, very encouraging. Gaining strokes, Tita Green, eight of his last nine tournaments should play very well here. Uh, for his career, he is also a negative strokes gained approach player, much like Brian Harmon. But he's now gained strokes on approach in seven of his last nine tournaments coming in. I don't believe it. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> 
I had to double check this stat when I saw it. 6.8 strokes gained on approach at API when finishing 34th. That was hard for me to believe with Windy C. Um, best on tough courses and in the wind uh, kind of fits his profile. Hits a couple of the trends. Uh, he does have a 10th place finish at the Phoenix Open and RSM, uh, both in his last 10. Uh, only a 15th at the Travelers is his best to go along with a couple missed cuts. He does have uh, an 8th place finish at Riviera, also 17th there. So I ask you, Shallow Cal, why not Wyndham Week? Uh, there's many reasons, but that guy fucking sucks. <laughs> this guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is my last ticket on the Wyndham Clark roller coaster. I'm getting off as well if I don't return at least an each way play here. Man, I I don't know if I was first on the Windy C bandwagon. Maybe for a, a few first round leader plays or whatever it was. I don't remember, but he always draws me in with that uh, strokes gained off the tee, man. It's a powerful club for him. Um, yeah. going to be negated a little bit this week um but you know i still think he can take advantage on some holes uh with that length definitely he can hit he can hit a a a long iron whereas a lot of uh these guys will be hitting uh fairway medals so uh a little more control a little less flight with it yeah little 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 bit easier but we'll see can he putt that yeah, need to be seen. Can he put? Well, and the thing is, he's a damn good putter for his career. It's just it's vanished in recent weeks. Um, but again, very encouraging to see the the progressive form on on Florida courses putting on Bermuda greens the last he's, couple weeks. He puts so poorly whenever I bet on him. It's it's very frustrating. <laughs> I broke it down a couple weeks ago on the show when I also bet Windy C for a losing ticket. Um, but his putting statistics for his career are a wild ride. He's either like top 15, 20 every single year, or he's 117th. <laughs> I yeah. swear he finished 117th two different seasons in his career. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like we're on one of those downward swings right now. Hopefully yeah, he we'll comes see. back. We'll see with old Windy C. All right, uh, we're going to stick in the 40s because um, you've got a play at 45 to 1. Yeah, uh, another another youngster. Uh, I don't remember how old this guy is. I'd have to look that up real quick. But um, Ben Griffin, um, he Former is, mortgage broker Ben Griffin. Yeah, former mortgage broker Ben Griffin. I wonder if it was like Rocket Mortgage and if he get a sponsor's exemption into the uh, into that tournament. Like, what's the <laughs> deal? <laughs> um, yeah, on a bit of a run also since the start of the season uh, at the Fortnite. He's only missed uh, the cut twice in 14 events. Um, his last 50 rounds on PGA Tour in this field – He's second strokes gain total, sixth green, uh, sixth tee to green, tenth around the green, nineteenth putting, ninth on approach, yada yada. The guy's a uh, good player, man, um, and he's trending with his finishes in the right direction. Um, ton of cuts made, top forties, top twenties. Uh, if somebody's, if like you know, like we said this last, uh, this last one with uh, Su, um if there's a tournament to get it done, it's this one right here. And I think it's uh, it's time that he could uh, very much threaten for a win here with this field. 
Super insightful guy. I really enjoyed um, his walking interview with the players. I guess it was on uh, Saturday, maybe Saturday yeah, or Sunday. I, whenever I, the game. I remember pause. that one. I remember that one too. Yeah, really, really bright guy. And you know, I guess you got to be to kind of reach the career peaks that he did in a completely different industry, um, in the mortgage industry. Uh, Mike Tarico, when the coverage was kicking off, again, I can't recall if it was Saturday or Sunday, but uh, he talked about how he heard a question asked in the press room this week that he had never heard before. Somebody asked Ben Griffin what he thought of the current uh, interest rates and, again, gave a pretty pretty good, insightful answer. He's a very bright dude. I like Ben Griffin a lot. Nice. Did uh, – uh, he's only 26 years old, so he's 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 still fairly young too. So he's uh, he's definitely trending in the right direction. I love it. Uh, yep. You know, a lot of young guys that are really, uh, really challenging uh, around uh, the top of the leaderboard lately. Definitely. Good to see for the game. Uh, all right. Well, our second and final chance for a team win this week takes us into the 60s. Uh, I will kick us off. I'm one point each way on Victor Perez, 66 to one uh, out to six places. Already a winner in 2023, which you love to see, um, Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. His form this calendar year uh, reads first, T28, T13. So stringing together a couple good performances, and that comes on the heels of a T12 finish at the European Tour Championship in November. What else do you like about the 30-year-old Frenchman Shallow Cal who lives in the town of St. Andrews, Scotland? Um, he is a winner. For sure. Um, you know, he's, uh, Scott, he's got, got some, some on the European tour. I was about to say the DP tour there, but, uh, <laughs> he's got some wins on the European tour. Three um, to be exact. Yes. Yes. And so in this field, if you factor in, you know, he, he plays a lot more over, uh, across the pond. Uh, if you factor in those strokes gain data points, um, he's second in this field strokes gain total, um, in his last eight rounds, uh, third strokes gain putting third strokes gain T to green 22nd on approach and, uh, first off the T. So, um, yeah, man, that's, he's, he's won before and he's poised to win again here. So, uh, you know, if he wins this and, he comes over to the PGA Tour and and starts playing over here. It's another uh, it's another loss for the Euro Tour. I really think he's one that sticks over there. I believe that he loves that white uh, lifestyle. <clears throat> I was actually talking to my wife about this before the show. He's 30 years old, uh, as mentioned. Uh, he is a native Frenchman, but he's living in the small town of St. Andrews, Scotland, uh, of course, b the birthplace of golf. And he's just having a blast uh, traveling the world as a young young single guy. I, I do believe he's actually dating someone, but not, not uh, married as far as I know. Um, and getting to play some great courses all, all over the world out of a great little hamlet that he lives in there. I think he's he's perfectly fine doing what he's doing and doesn't necessarily want all that added attention of the P, of uh, being on the PGA Tour. I could be wrong, but he just feels like one to me that's going to stick over there for a bit. Uh, seven total professional wins, as mentioned, three on the European Tour. He's won some grinders that have required hot putting. Uh, minus 13, winner of the Dutch Open in the playoff last year. Also got a couple wins at 15 under and 13 under on the Alps and French tours. 
Um, hits a bunch of grains, which will help here. He's 22nd on the European Tour this year. Uh, third on the European Tour, strokes gain total. Very, very good putter, as you mentioned as well. Um, that club really carried him at the Dutch Open. Uh, 16th in strokes gained putting on the European Tour. So, Victor Perez, let's do it one time, 66-1. to Yeah. All right. <laughs> and you know what? 66 to 1 has been a good number for us over the course of the yeah. podcast. Yeah, definitely. I think I've had a Homa there. Um, I don't know, a couple other guys. Didn't you have a Damon there in uh, uh, the Bahamas? Or uh, was it Puerto Rico? Corrales. Corrales. Uh, Damon was only 50 for me, but I've been on Kisner 66 to 1 a, a couple think, times. Yep, yep um, I think I was on that Kisner one with you as well. Yep. Uh, T-Mac and I were on Tom Hoagie 66-1 at uh, Pebble Beach a couple years ago. So that seems to be a good range. Uh, This would be a really nice one uh, to kind of get off the schneid and end uh, what's been a couple weeks of cold streak for us. Yeah, that would be nice. All right, Shell Cal, will you close us out with the final selection in the 80s at Valspar? Uh, 80-1, Garrick Ego. Uh, putter can get extremely hot. My guy, my guy. And that's the (laughs) only reason I'm betting him. No. Um, if everybody's missing fairways, uh, does that help him? I think it does. If he's less than driver off the tee, is that a good thing for him? I think so. Uh, he's a par five scorer best in the field. So par five scoring, definitely a necessity here. Um, he tends to implode on some individual holes and then eject, uh so we've seen it before what's that we've seen it before from him oh yeah so (laughs) that and then you know sunday at the players when his caddy gives him the wrong yardage and he blows his second shot over the water back of the green on 16 and then chips up and down for birdie i mean that's just like got to be the most garrick higo thing ever right there um so yeah, eighty to one. This field is pretty soft. I think he can. I think he can get it done. Um, especially if he can get that hot putter, like it's uh, it's been proven here. If you do, you can kind of run away with this thing. So, um, please, just one time, baby. Eighty to one. Need that putter. Just need that putter to come through one time. Yeah. Um, I, I have no plays in the triple digits this week at a tournament that I do think in a field that I do think lends itself potentially to taking a look in that range. I did consider a handful of guys. He was on the short list uh, because I had access to some bet 365 uh, numbers this morning waking up in Ohio. So I did see him at 100 to 1, certainly considered it. Uh, couldn't quite get there, but man, I love me some Gary Kigo. And this just feels like, again, kind of like one of those random congaree type Garrick Higo wins that we had a couple years ago when he was even shorter at 50 to one kind of feels like a similar setup, uh, similar, similar type of um, test is going to require from Garrick Higo this week. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's going to close us out uh, this week. Nothing else on the cards. Um, So reminder, you can see all of our picks again for the Valspar Championship by following at Playing Tips Pod on Twitter. Fellow Cal, how about a Victor Perez week for the team win? Let's go, Victor Perez, baby. I'd drink a beer to that. <laughs> <laughs>